Welcome to the Self-Growth Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Marie, a courage coach, creative soul, and adventure seeker. Since through hiking the Pacific Crest Trail in 2019, I'm on a mission to help you embrace your most confident self so you can achieve your dreams too. If you're eager for deep conversations, big questions, and meaningful connections, join me on the quest to discovering how we can create a more magical and memorable life. Hello, nerds! How are you? Happy Friday or happy weekend, if it's the weekend as you listen to this. Um, I'm feeling super naughty today and I wanted to post a bonus episode because I did a live on Instagram this week and I think the content was very powerful. It's all about how to stop feeling selfish or guilty for putting yourself or your girl or your goals first. So here it is. I hope this resonates with you and I wish you a happy weekend. Hello, everyone. It's been a while since I came alive, but I wanted to talk about how to stop feeling selfish and guilty for putting yourself first because it's a topic that I've heard a lot of you struggle with, okay? Um, So I'm very passionate about this. So this conversation might get heated up. We'll see. I have some notes here on my computer because I don't want to forget anything. So if you see me looking there, I'm looking at my screen. Um, So hello, everyone. I'm going to talk about, if you just started watching, I'm going to talk about how to stop feeling guilty or selfish for putting yourself first. So I'm going to start... Part one is going to be about showing you why it's not selfish. So I'm going to try to make my point as best as I can for why it's not selfish to prioritize your projects, your goals, your dreams. And then I'm going to tell you about how not to feel guilty for making time for these projects and for spending money on you. Okay, so... Part one, I have three examples for you, okay? First example, when I was a full-time employee, when I had a nine-to-five job in a design studio, I wanted to become a freelancer. I didn't want to have to be somewhere from Monday to Friday, nine-to-five. I wanted to be a freelance designer. But there was a part of me that thought, oh, you're such a princess, I know that thought kept coming back. You're such a princess for wanting this. Like, everyone has to work. Why would you deserve to have it easier or to have it better than, than, than other people? Everyone deserves to work. Do your part in society. You're so privileged to have this job already. You should be grateful. So that monologue kept going in circles in my mind. And there was an inner conflict. I'm going to bring that term back a few times. There was an inner conflict between my desire to become a freelancer and what I thought was quote-unquote right. What was what I thought I should do as a quote-unquote good member of society. 
yourself, does this really serve society to think this way? Or does it serve your boss? Did it serve society for me to beat myself up? Or did it serve my boss and the whole industry? Okay, so we're going to come back to that. Example number two, when I wanted to go through hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, I was in a relationship with my partner. It was, I, I think we had been together for three years. Yeah, for three years. And I thought, I cannot do this to him. I cannot leave for six months. I can't, cannot do this to my partner. Like, poor him, what's he going to do? He's going to be alone for six months and he might leave me. He might leave me. So again, there was an inner conflict between my desire to go through hiking and what I thought was quote unquote right, what I thought I should do as a good partner. Okay. Again, the question is, did, did this serve my relationship? Did it really serve my relationship? Not really. Because eventually, I might have grown resentful and I might have shown up differently with him. And if he would have wanted to go do something like this, if he had wanted to go away for six months, then I would have been angry. I would have been angry at him for wanting to do this, therefore limiting the freedom that we have in the relationship. Example number three, my last example. Someone I know is a mom who has a partner and a young child. Uh, the young child and the dad, they wanted to get a dog and she doesn't like dogs. She doesn't like dogs, but she said yes. So they got the dog. She said yes, because she thought uh, this is what it means to be a good partner. This is what it means to be a good mom, but she hated it. She hated having to take care of the dog, so she decided to bring, to find a family for the dog and take uh, the dog to a different family. Now, some people might say it's selfish. There's an inner conflict between her desire and what she used to think and what society, society thinks is it means to be a good mom and to be a good wife or whatever. But ask yourself, does it really serve the family? Would it have served the family if she kept the dog? Not really. Not really, because every time she has to take care of the dog against her own will, what happens? Morale goes down. Maybe she's not as happy and has present as a partner and as a mom, because again, resentment. So notice in those three examples that you make what you want mean that you're a bad person. If it doesn't fit, if it doesn't match your idea of what is right, your idea of what is the quote unquote good thing to do. But how about bringing some flexibility in your idea of what is right and wrong, good and bad? 
What if your idea of what it means to be a good employee, what it means to be a good partner, a good mo- a good parent, what if it was not necessarily chosen by you? What if it was put in your brain by the culture we live in? You have the right to choose again if this idea matches how you want to live your life. Um, I want you, basically, right now, I want you to challenge your idea of what is right and wrong. That's getting in your way. That's limiting what you can accomplish. What are your desires? And why don't you let yourself fulfill them? What's the idea of right and wrong that's that's getting in conflict with your desire. And can you challenge that? Is this an idea of a definition of right and wrong that you want to keep in your life? So often what I see is that people's ideas of right and wrong is short term. So our idea of what's good, what's right, is to not upset anyone in the short term, okay? Just like politicians do. Just like politicians do with the elections. Like, we don't want to upset anyone, at least not like until they go vote, okay? And this is what many of us do. Um, I don't want to get, I don't want to take the dog away because my child is going to be sad and my partner is going to be angry in the short term. I don't want to go through hiking the PCT because my partner is going to feel alone in the short term. And we forget to think about the long-term impact. And this is so important. Okay? This is so important. We don't want to upset or, um, what's the word, offend anyone in the short term. And we forget to think about what's the impact of that long term. What if you were to challenge all of this, shake it up? And what if you were willing to believe that your desires, that following your inner calling is what's going to benefit you most and is what's going to benefit everyone around you most in the long term? And I'm going to repeat that. What if you were willing to believe, try it in your brain, that going all in on what you want to do was exactly what was going to benefit you most? You, but not just you, benefit everyone around you most. And I'm going to give you examples of that. Okay? So... Uh, As a freelancer, when I wanted to leave my 9-to-5 job to become a freelancer, this benefits me and the rest of society long-term because I become a more passionate member of society who loves what they do instead of being a grumpy employee who goes to work, uh, who's grumpy going to work every day. Um... It's also good for others because, for example, I might inspire my my cousin's teenage daughter, show her that she doesn't have 
to work for someone else if she doesn't want to. Maybe she has ADHD and it's just, it just seems easier for her to be a freelancer. She doesn't want to be con constricted. Uh, she doesn't want to have to work for someone else. I show her this is possible. Um, I show my clients there's different possibilities. Let's take the, Pacific, the PCT example. Going to hike the PCT made me into a more empowered woman. And what happens when you have a more empowered woman in a relationship or a more empowered partner? A partner who's allowed to pursue what lights them up? It gives the other person in the relationship or the other people in the relationship the permission to do so as well. It creates more freedom for everyone involved. And it might have inspired, well, I'm, I know it's not a might, it did inspire many other women, many other people that might have considered themselves like, a, like creative dorks like I did, like I didn't consider myself as an athlete at all before I did that, it might inspire, it, it, not it might, it did, because they wrote to me, inspired, inspired so many people who didn't think they could do something like through hiking to actually do it. Okay, so not selfish, because it improves the quality, it improved the quality of my relationship with myself, my relationship with my partner, and inspired a bunch of other people to also improve their relationship with themselves and improve their relationship with their partner. Okay. Uh, the, the dog example, the mom becomes a happier mom because she doesn't have to do this thing every day that, that gets on her nerves. She becomes a more patient parent, a more loving partner. She shows others in the family that it's okay to speak up and to set boundaries for your own well-being. So now her kid and her partner know that if they don't like something, they can also say it. They can also own their needs and their desires. Their family is a safe space for them to say, I don't like this. Let's not do that. Okay. And it shows other parents out there. Oh, it's okay. You know, if you don't like something, if you don't like having a dog, you don't have to have a dog. It sets an example for what it means to be a family in which everyone's needs and desires is taken into account. Um, let's say you have a family and you want to start a business. I hear that a lot from you guys and from my clients. They have a business idea, hair in my mouth. They have a business idea, um, but they don't want to go for it because they have a stable job. They have a stable, a stable income and they don't want to do that to their family. And by that, I mean, they don't want their family to have to go through financial instability, for example, or they don't want people to think they're irresponsible for making their family go through financial instability. Okay, I hear that a lot. Now, let's get a little bit more flexible. Let's challenge that. Is it 100% true 
that your family will go through financial instability if you start a business, if you go from a full-time employee to a business owner. Is it true that your family will absolutely suffer financial instability? Not necessarily, you know, not necessarily. You might make a slow and steady transition. You might save money in preparation. Is it true that they don't want to go through that? Maybe not. Maybe they don't mind having a little less money for a little while in order to support you in your dreams. They might be excited for that adventure. They might be excited to be part of this journey with you. They might be willing to support you. This is about challenging assumptions, okay? I don't want you to go like, oh no, they wouldn't, like, I know my partner. No, they, they wouldn't. It's just bend, bend your thinking a little bit and let's hang out in the maybe, in the maybe-ness of it. Someone wrote to me recently and she said, uh, I asked my boss for three months off and I never thought they would say yes and they did. Now I have three months off because I was willing to challenge my assumption that they wouldn't. So, um, okay, back to that example. You have a, a family, you want to start a business, and you're afraid people will think you're irresponsible. Okay? Is it true? Can you 100% be certain that that's true, that people will think you're irresponsible? Maybe they will. Actually, some of them will. Others won't. Others will find it inspiring. Everyone will have a different opinion. So what? What matters is the people that you're doing this with, the people that are impacted by your decisions. And most often it's not your mother-in-law, it's not your aunt, it's not the person uh, on Instagram. It's your direct family. And taking your dream seriously, like I was saying in the reel that I did today, taking your dream seriously is not telling the people that are involved in your decision, I don't care about your feelings. It's sitting with them and saying, this is what I want to do. How can we make it happen together? Like, here's my plan. Here's my plan. What are your thoughts? How can we make this work? Okay. It's very different. It's very different than assuming like, oh, I want to do this, but they're going to freak out. It's not possible. No, it's just opening up the possibility and bringing, bringing it with a question mark on your forehead, like open to seeing what's going what's gonna to happen. And my last question in that example is, what if you trusted yourself? What if you trusted to go, what, what if you trusted yourself to go all in? What could be the long-term impact of that decision on you and on them, okay? With the, uh, you, you have a family and you want to start a business. What could be the long-term impact of that? After that, that transition period, well, you might become a more fulfilled partner, a more fulfilled parent, a more inspiring parent and partner. Your family as a whole could be able to have more flexible schedules, go on more adventures, take like a, a month off to go sailing. 
you might have more money in the long term because you're not limited by your salary. You might have more money. So all of these things, these are all examples. It's different, you know, from one situation to the other. But don't think like a politician. Don't think short term. Like, oh, they're not going to like that. Like the next few months are going to be a bit tight financially. They're not going to like that. Think long term. What's going to be possible long term? Um, and if you're interested in starting uh, a side business to transition to eventually transition in my program, Brave and Bold, if you sign up this spring, I'm going to do workshops about business. So part two. Now let's move into part two. Um, now that you're willing to consider that going after what you want is not selfish Um, the next step is putting time in your schedule to make it happen. Because some of these things take time. You can't just snap your finger and make it happen. You have to invest time, sit down, make it happen. And that might make you feel guilty. So that's what I want to talk about now. Okay. You tell me. Uh, I have a side business that I want to start, but I never have time to work on it because I like after work every day, I'm just so tired. All I want to do is relax, like watch Netflix, hang out with my friends. Like I don't have the time. Maybe you try to do it on the weekends, but your friends ask you to hang out and it seems more fun. You know, seems more for fun short term to hang out with them. Or maybe you don't like to tell them no. Or many of you, what you tell me is you want time for yourself. Let's say like you want to spend your morning or your evening reading, doing yoga, like working on your personal growth, but everyone's asking for your attention. Uh, like your mom's calling you, your friend needs help, your boss has something else they want you to do. Like the demand on your attention is so intense. So you never get around to spending time on you. And when you do, you feel guilty because you're like, there was other things I need to do. Like my to-do list is so long. So if you've, if you've been nodding, the solution here is first to shift your thinking. So like I was saying, think long-term. Yes, like your mom might be disappointed that she doesn't get to talk to you right now. She might be disappointed in the long term, in the short term, sorry. But in the long term, if you become the person that you want to be, trust that the people who love you are going to be pretty happy about that. So first thing is shifting your thinking, thinking long term. Yes, it might be more fun to hang out with your friend tonight, but it might be more valuable to spend time working on your side business. Okay, so first thing is to shift your thinking. Then decide what to prioritize in your schedule. Like make a decision ahead of time so that you don't have to decide when someone is calling you or when someone is asking you, like, are you available tonight? You don't have to decide in the moment because you've already decided ahead of time what you want to prioritize and you've put it in your calendar. So that's number two. Number three was 
planning it into your calendar, taking your goals seriously enough that you're willing to put put ink to paper or put pixel to screen <laughs> if you have a digital calendar, okay? When you put it in the calendar, it tells your brain, you know, I take this seriously. And lastly, learning to say no when someone is asking for your attention. Uh, saying no with love and with conviction because you love your reason and because you're not thinking short term, you're thinking long term. Um, and that's that's a lot more complex than the, the, the few key points that I just shared with you, but it gives you an idea. And this is the first thing that my clients learn in Brave and Bold, how to make time for themselves and their projects in their life without feeling like they're neglecting the people that are important to them, okay? And what and, and like being able to set boundaries and, and say no to what doesn't matter to you without feeling guilty. Um, lastly, the money, because they're spending time on you, but there's also spending money. And it's very similar in the way of thinking because it's allocation of resources, um, but there's a few different things I want to bring up when it comes to money. We feel like we need a quote-unquote good reason in order to spend money and a good reason that's going to be approved by everyone on the committee. Everyone on the committee agrees that, that's a, that buying a car is good because obviously you need to get from point A to, to point B. It makes sense. Uh, doing a certification. Oh, it makes sense. Everyone on the committee approves. You're going to get these new skills in your workplace. That's going to be good. You're going to become a better employee. Makes sense. Approved. Um, but when it comes to you and your growth, it's so intangible. Hiring a coach, joining a coaching program like mine, most people struggle to justify that because the reason, the reason is I want to be more confident. I want to be more confident. I want to spend time thinking about my life, making sure I'm headed in the right direction and I'm using all of my potential and I want to spend time to make sure that I don't grow old with regrets. That's the reason, right? That everyone signs up for Brave and Bold. But it's a hard one to justify because it's not normalized yet. It's not, it's, it's normalized to buy a house, for example, but it's not normalized to invest in your mindset. And look, I don't I don't own a house. It's not a priority for me, even though all of my friends, most of my friends are doing it. And I would have a lot more to talk about in the conversations if I did uh, own a house or want to own a house. It's just not a priority for me right now. And that's fine because I've been seeing a lot more value in the last few years in investing in what's going on in my mind. I am the driver of my life and I 
value investing in the driver of my life more than the than in the vehicle I am driving. Okay? And I'm going to make a hiking metaphor here. It's like people talk about gear. There's so many videos about gear on YouTube. What's the best gear for through hiking? But what we don't often talk about, don't often enough talk about is that it's not the gear that's going to get you there. It's what's in your mind. It's how you think. But that's not normalized. There's so many more videos about gear, so many more conversations about gear than there are about the psychology of hiking and through hiking. Think about this. People have an easier time justifying buying expensive gear, buying a house, buying a car than justifying hiring a coach or hiring a therapist or joining a coaching program because it's just not normalized to invest in the driver of your life. But it's going to be up to you to decide what has the most value long term. It's up to you. I mean, we're all different. But don't think short term. Don't think about what's approved in the short term. Think about what is going to serve you in the long term. If you become more confident, if you've become clearer about where you're going and what you want to do, if you become better at managing your time, that's going to follow you throughout all the parts of your life. In my opinion, that serves you more long term than doing something like getting a car if you have to choose. Um, so that's it for now. Basically, the summary is putting yourself first is not selfish. It seems selfish in the short term, but it benefits you and everyone else a lot more in the long term. Um, so next week, I'm going to teach my framework that I implement with my clients. So if all of this resonated with you and you think this is me and I'm freaking tired of putting myself second and I want to start putting myself first and making real progress on my projects, I want to get out of my head. I want to start taking up space. I want to do this thing. I want to start this business, write this book. I want to start that podcast. I want to start my art practice. There's a project that you've been postponing because you're always tired and you don't have time. If you, if you want to put this first, come and check out my framework. I'm going to teach it live for the first time this year next week on Wednesday, May 11th at 7 p.m. EST. Um, if you come live, you're going to be able to ask your questions, but also don't, don't get bogged down by the time because there's going to be a recording available. What's really important, however, is that you apply at the link in my bio. Apply to get your invite because it's a private call with me I want to make sure I see, I can review your application and make sure we're a good fit. And if you're a good fit 
and I'm confident I can help you get to where you want to be, then I'm going to send you an invite. You'll be able to show up and we'll meet face to face. I'll tell you about the three part framework I teach my clients and I guide them through. Um, and I'll tell you about what you can expect. If you want to keep working with me, I'll tell you about my clients, the kind of results that they get, um, what brave and bold is about, what my values are. And then you'll be able to ask all of your questions. And again, if you cannot be there live on May 11th at 7 p.m. EST, that's fine. I'm going to send you the recording, but you have to apply. The application is just a few questions, so it should not take more than a few minutes. Um, and yeah, there's no obligation at all. When you apply, there is nothing to lose. I'm not going to chase you or anything. You get to come check it out, see if it's for you, make an empowered decision for yourself, not with what people are going to think, but with what you desire and your idea of what is right for you. Okay. So that's it for now. I hope you got some golden nuggets from this. Uh, it's been half an hour. Oh my God. Um, and hi everyone who's listened to this while they were like cooking dinner. I do that sometimes while they were cooking dinner or taking a walk. Um, yeah, that's it. I'm done rambling on. Taking care of yourself, putting your goals and your dreams first is not selfish. It's going to serve you and the whole wide world in the long term. All right. Have a beautiful week. You just listened to the self Girl Nerds podcast. Make sure to subscribe and to find me on Instagram at self Girl Nerds. If you want individual help developing the confidence to create a more meaningful and exciting life, visit selfgrowthnerds.com today to learn how. Finally, I want to thank my friend Etienne Galano for editing this. And I want to thank you, kind-hearted souls, for growing into your truest, most courageous selves every day and making this world a better, more beautiful place. My name is Marie, and I will talk to you next week.